Hey, hey. What's up? All right, so... Oh. Hey, ha- can you hear me? Oh, man. What's up? We may need to... Uh... Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Into the Dark Blue. I'm Josh, and I'm with Zach. How you doing, Zach? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm I'm excited. Excited yeah. to pop this beer open. Start with that. You go first. All right. Uh, today, in honor of our friendship episode, I got a Wingman Brewers beer. Classic pop top. Oh man, it's like it's very sweet for an IPA. Yeah, it's a uh, it's actually really nice. It's it's got almost it's almost got this like maple undertone, <laughs> like a. Okay. a the finish it's pretty tasty refreshing summer ipa almost it's pretty good all right let me try mine here i have old-fashioned can the tall boy dogfish head sequench ale session mm. sour so yeah let's see i'm curious yikes oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so all right so let's see okay let me let me process this let me process this flavor here <laughs> okay, not not bad. So maybe I was thinking it might taste like a cider. It's got a lime and some colorful. It just looks like a cider drink, but man, it tastes just like a a beer uh-huh. with vinegar mixed in it. <laughs> it's refreshing in its own way, but if you had a bag of sea salt vinegar chips and you oh. mixed it into some beer, <laughs> that's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get dogfish head that sequench sound- ale. No, doesn't sound good. No, no. Um, I- yeah, sours are really hard to get used to, man. They take a minute. Wow. I don't think I've had a sour yet. It's uh, it's it's like, I mean, it's like a rock ale almost. If you're not used right. to it, like once your palate gets used to the flavor, it's actually pretty enticing. Yeah. Okay. Let me uh, have a couple more sips here. No, you know what? Okay. So let's go through like what it. it it's got the lime. I'm tasting the lime juice. Hmm. It's it's brewed with it. So I'm getting that lime juice, lime peel, black limes. A black lime. A black lime. Yeah. I didn't know didn't that was. No, that was a thing. I know. I feel ignorant. I didn't know about that. Uh, and sea salt. Hey, look. Okay, so I got the sea salt. Sea salt chip taste in mind. But it literally tastes like a regular beer. And then you pour a bag of sea salt and vinegar chips in it, and you get this. It's interesting. <laughs> My Ace IPA. Like I have no complaints, man. This thing is pretty solid. The Wingman Brewers Ace IPA. Let's go for it. It's a tall one, so we'll, we'll finish it. Up. Well, this one's only 6.5% alcohol volume, so um, I should stay pretty sober throughout this episode. Mine's actually five. Oh, yep. Sours are pretty pretty low usually, so. I didn't even look at that when I got it. I was I went for the uh, the way it looked, the advertising. Right. It really got me. You know, that's, that's that's how I used to buy my music, too. Like, when I was a kid, I would buy my CDs with bands I'd never heard of based off of how the album, album art looked. I do it to books all the time still. <laughs> so how long have we been friends? A while, right? I think we're sitting at 11 or 12 now. Because I met you at a Super Bowl party. Which Super Bowl was that? 4,000. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know which one we're on now. But yeah, man, I mean, it's been a long time. And it's really cool how things have just happened so naturally, I think, with our friendship. It's been pretty awesome. You know, I think back to think back to when, you know, we first met and it was still, you know, we didn't know each other. You were friends with Daniel and we're just kind of hanging out. And uh, <laughs> it progressed from there to, to now where I pretty much literally will share anything with you. Right, right. I know what you mean. I feel like it's hard nowadays to make friends. For me, it's hard to be friends with just anybody. Maybe it's just growing older. You just kind of pull what's really important to you closer to you and schluff off the fluff. 
when you're kids, it's you pretty much have everything in common with everyone. Because there were definitely kids I did not get along with, and I would not be friends. In fact, I like, hated them, and that was. <laughs> And that was an extreme, but then there's some that's like, oh, I'd die for you. And I'm, you know, I'm like seven years old. So in my mind, we're like, we're on the playground, we're on the battlefield and it's just, (laughs) you're with your brothers. So how does someone qualify to be a friend of Zach? You know, that's a, I don't know. It's a pretty big question now that I'm, you know, I'm 34, about to be 35. My definition of what a friend is, is so much different than when I was younger. You know, now there's, it's so much more than like, oh, I have things in common with this person. It's more so like, do they meet me on spiritual and molecular level uh, where we can form a bond of some sort, like, like an actual brotherly love concept. And so now I, I, I look more for people who are just on my wavelength in life in general, you know, philosophy and how we view the world and more more than oh you like this band i like this band too right right so they're more geared towards your your psyche your soul if you were to make friends in a different time period like if we were friends in let's say western times we're out in the ranch i meet you out of saloon i think it's different because those times it's it's based on the time frame that you're in that was more survival maybe it's just the movies i've watched you're living on <laughs> living on pennies you're living out in the wild west now we have everything we need. We have phones and apps and to communicate with each other. So the only thing a friend has to do to be a friend now is just nourish the soul. Communicate Absolutely. on a level that, oh, how are you feeling today? Like, I don't know. Did you even make friends in the 1800s or did you just have people in your life that just helped to make sure you didn't die? <laughs> but really, like if we were friends. I feel like we'd get along because when I first met you, you, know, you had the, the long hair. You, you were like this rock star to me when I met you. I'm like, oh, this guy's cool. He's taking, you know, he's a youth pastor. He knows what we need. Like, I, And so I, I, I saw this like leadership figure in you. I think it's I think that's really the thing, you know, is just we tend to bond with people who we have who we're drawn to you know for some reason or another and i think there's some kind of like instinctual thing there that that draws us to others um and gives us the desire to have a relationship with them in some form or another definitely experienced that with you and i think that's why one of the big reasons that you and i remain such good friends to this day is because we just have that kind of instinctual like you're on my wavelength kind of kind of thing you know so yeah 1800s jash and zach i think would totally be friends it's so amazing that we have the ability to to do this with each other just like you were saying like to be able to just text message each other and say hey how's your day going or whatever it's just amazing to me you know we're in two different cities and we have the ability to record this podcast together and text each other and call each other and just check up on each other to make sure we're okay you know such a great time for being able to maintain these these relationships with each other these friendships i agree we don't have to send letters to each other you know we can get that message straight out there to the other person no time waiting. We're exponentially growing friendships around the world and it's evolving and maybe it'll evolve into this like newer level of awareness or understanding. I don't know what I would do without some of these like longer distance friendships that I have like with you and uh, another good friend of mine, Kristen, talk often on the phone and the funny thing is with Kristen, I've seen her actually since we met. I think I've seen Kristen in person four times and we've known each other about 10 years as well actually. And we talk every few days just to check up on each other and make sure we're doing okay. And we've just had that instant connection as friends. And the fact that we're still, we're still such good friends so, so many years later and our, the bulk of our relationship has been 
through phone communication um, <laughs> is pretty amazing. What was the thing that drew you to that friendship? I feel like there's always that core piece of attraction on the friendship level. What drew you to making that friendship work? Friendships take work. It was just kind of a natural, natural connection. I mean, we met, we met at a conference, a work conference one weekend and went from there, man. That's always a great thing when you can find somebody you can just click with right away, right at hello, just start diving in. And it's kind of like <laughs> love at first sight, but it's friendship at first sight. Who would you say at a current moment is like your dark blue crew? You know, who are your guys, your, your go-to people that you, you talk to about everything, you know? Daniel, longtime friend, we met 20 years now. Like he was driving by on a on a little razor scooter down the street. I I had a question about uh, Pokemon, and so I who else to go to than the kid I saw riding down the street? You know, he seemed uh, resourceful enough to answer that for me. So went over to his house. He was going down the street over and over, stuck out his tongue at my sister who was outside playing, and I was like, he's the one. He's the right one. <laughs> so I knew we would bond on that level. I feel like now, though, it's hard to create that dark blue crew. For me, I guess I push away people more just naturally. And that may have happened from just being bullied in middle school and high school. First, I was this wild and free spirit. And then I got introduced to the harsh reality of high school and middle school social infrastructure. And yeah, damaged goods after that. But, you know, it's, it's a recovery process. And you need friends. It's hard for me to trust people right off the bat. Growing up for me, it was really difficult because... Like I had friends growing up, but uh, there was something about it where I, you know, I always ended up being the the one who was making the effort in my friendships. It was a very rare occasion when one of my friends called me to ask me to like go hang out or do things, you know, uh, or as far as I remember it anyway. And so, you know, at a certain point I was like, all right, I've got this new three strikes and you're out rule, you know, like if I try to hang out with you three times and you don't respond or you flake on me, you're done, right? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of started doing a similar thing and pushing people out away and pushing people out who weren't necessarily good friends. They weren't the kinds of friends that I, that I wanted in my life. And, and yeah, it's really hard to find people who are, who are really loyal and um, just really care about you as a person. Um, and it's not that people don't care about care at all. It's more so they, you know, get wrapped up in their own lives and there's a lot going on. I think there's a lot of value in finding somebody who, who can somebody that can make you stronger yeah somebody can make you stronger and stick by you you know there's that give and take you, you have to the three strike rule i think if we kept that up you know we wouldn't have anybody around us it's, <laughs> it's, it's that give and take that right. makes us both stronger there's a certain level of compromise though it can be dangerous to let someone use you in a way that where there's not you know you're giving 100 percent. i'm giving 100 percent. they're not giving their part of it you know naturally i just think the friendship's gonna fall apart just like a romantic relationship it's a very similar kind of thing you know if both people aren't doing this then it's not gonna work you know in my 30s i've been through a lot in my 20s and uh you know made some pretty good friends in my 20s who helped me really get through some difficult times and things like that you know a few a few a few of you guys made it out of that and made it through it with me <laughs> and, and you're definitely one of them now you know i've since i've moved to seattle i've met some really just amazing people too and you know my friend my friend thomas who's been with me since i moved to seattle he's just amazing and just one of the one of the most loyal people that I've ever had in my life, you know. Um, for the first time in my life, I actually developed more of a group of guys that I hang out with on a regular basis. You and I would hang out with all the, you know, our, our little crew that we we have in San Antonio with Sean and Katie and 
Felicia and Amanda and Becky and all of those guys. Sal, yep. And Dan. And, you know, that's that's a great group. And, like, you guys, you guys, you have no idea how many difficult things you guys have helped me through and been there for me through and how much I've learned from you guys throughout the years. That positive influence because we get, there's so much negativity around us during our our, our normal week that we need Mm -hmm. that friend that can provide that positive influence, generous with their time. Just having that positive relationship with those kind of friends, you know, just improves how you function socially in general, I think. So you were mentioning earlier, like kind of pushing people away sometimes and pushing friends away. What what drives you to push people away and specifically friends? I think it's just like a defense mechanism to push certain people away. I'm very open-minded. Yeah, I got to be honest. If there's something that's bugging me at first, it festers in my mind and it's like, can I get over this and be friends with this person? <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I guess I'm being very picky and mm. I want to be the person that can just make friends with everybody. But then if you make friends with everybody, like, are you really friends with anybody? That's true. And I, yeah, you're totally right. You know, I guess I ride off a lot of people right off the bat. I feel like I can open up more about that. Someone once told me that the only friend that you can depend on is change. Change is just about the only thing that you can depend on. And I've had friends go through the years, like like some of my best friendships were growing up on the street, the friendships that I formed there. There's a part of me that wants to go back and like relive those friendships because it, it was just so genuine and honest. And No, I think the but, question is like, how do we maintain that innocence in our adult relationships to our adult friendships? You know, how do we let things go? How do we recognize when we're just being petty, selfish, reacting because of our own insecurities or whatever and and actually tell that person and talk to that person about why we react a certain way to things then rather than just write them off and just call it quits you know I want to be better at, at making those connections and seeing them for more than just something that I don't like and it kind of relates to this the drink I'm having right now it's sour it's nasty at first but <laughs> I'm loving this, actually. It's very refreshing. And those friendships that you think aren't going to be worthwhile or might not work out, if you just hang in there, I think it'll it'll end up being fruitful. Really good friendships have come out of those type of initial meetups. People are on different paths. And I think we get so used to being on the same path as somebody, whether it's a, a good friend or a romantic partner or a family member or whatever it is. We get so used to being on the same path as somebody that we forget that it's possible for us to, for our paths to split at some point. I find a lot of value in Buddhist teachings, this whole concept of attachment that is in Buddhism and how we, we remain attached to things that aren't necessarily good for us because they're familiar. Like you said, the only friend you can depend on is change. Uh, while it sounds a bit dismal, it's it, there is some truth to it because you know people's lives change and they go different directions, and it's it's just learning how to be okay with that and mm-hmm. not take it personally. People grow in different directions, and you just have to to be a true, honest friend. Accept that you got to let them grow because you're going to want to grow too. Don't grow apart. Grow apart together.
with that said, like I'm I'm really grateful that that you and I have this this friendship that we have, and and you know I hope that you guys listening all have somebody that you can you can rely on in the same way that I can rely on Jash here. And I think it's so important for us to be able to be open and honest with with a friend, at least one friend in our lives. You know, I have developed this understanding over the last few years of the importance of being able to tell our friends that we love them. We really need to find that dark blue community. Find your guy, find your girl, find somebody that you can bring in and and just be open with them. Don't be picky like me or how I was. Be open-minded. Cultivating the atmosphere of friendship that nourishes is something that this time period allows us to do in a way like none of the others did for anybody else. So we should own that. Be friends to the best of our abilities. We have that opportunity and it's a great thing. I've met you and we've held on to that friendship and I have that close-knit group of guys that I can go to and it might be small. I can count them on one finger. <laughs> They're there. Yeah, definitely. You know, and if you've got somebody in your life like that, don't take don't take them for granted, man. That's a really, really amazing thing to have somebody uh, who you can trust in that way. So you guys get your dark blue crew together and uh, tell them you love them. Tell them you love them and tell them to go to intothedarkblue.com. That was a great segue, man. You can also check me out at Breaking of Light on Instagram or rarejewel.com, R-A-R-E-J-E-W-E-L-L.com. You can find some poetry of mine on amazon.com called Nomad Psalms. Go buy it, eight bucks. You guys can find me at cowboysupernova.com on Instagram at the Cowboy Supernova. On the website, I have artwork for sale. And also, if you would like, you can have the entire proceeds of the art go to a charity of your choice. So let me know. Message me and make it happen. This guy. That's what it's all about, man. It's about love and (laughs) friendships. I might dump the rest of this uh, dogfish out, but it's been a journey. That's (laughs) how friendships are, though. Sour at first, but just like friendships can start sour, they end up being refreshing. Just enough to where it gets you to where you need to be. And me, I'm going to pop open another one of these IPAs. Just like (laughs) those friendships that start out nice and smooth. (laughs) Before we do anything else, let me just take a second to say I am wearing this new sheath gear and I'm freaking loving it. We're working with some friends at Sheath Underwear and for you guys who haven't heard of it, it's like upgrading from a studio apartment to a two bedroom for your junk. <laughs> there's no rubbing, there's no chafing and I refuse to wear anything else. I'm wearing some right now. I've got a sheath hat on. They have more than just underwear and I basically switched out my entire wardrobe of underwear for these sheath ones. They're amazing. Yeah. Go to sheathunderwear.com and use the promo code DARKBLUE, all caps DARKBLUE, and get 25% off your first order. That's a big deal, guys. Like, seriously. It is. It's awesome.